Surviving Lockdown. An essential business podcast from Mark Rise Voiceovers. Hello, thanks for listening. Natalie Coleshill's been working in the pub industry for 25 years in various roles, owning her own pubs for 15 years now. She's recently gone multiple with EI Group, which is a lease and tenanted business model. Obviously, when COVID-19 hit the UK, the pubs were widely seen as being the first and hardest hit industry. She joins me to talk about the effect of lockdown from the Milford Arms. Hello, Natalie. Hi, Mark. So you're actually living at the pub at the moment? Yes, indeed. So uh, I was following um, events very closely up up until the time and was just really aware that with this self-isolating and, you know, needing to isolate, staffing could become an issue, um, all sorts of things like that. So I really felt like I had to be on site just to guide the pub through. Are you managing to stay positive with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, I, I, myself and my husband moved in from the 15th of March. So we, we've really not left the building in that time. And in all fairness, when you're in this job, you'd be surprised how easy it is normal times to realise you haven't left the building for days. The nature of the industry, the nature of the, often the size of the building uh, and how fast paced the work is, we so far haven't run out of jobs to do. So we're currently painting the cellar. <laughs> And then the doors did close. How was it after that? Well, I I think it was almost relief because it felt like it had been building to that and that needed to happen. Um, I think we could probably argue about how and when it was done. Um, I I didn't actually expect to hear on a Friday evening, uh, that's it, we're shut. I I actually thought we would get the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, We had been expecting it. So we hadn't placed very large orders. Um, And funnily enough, that same morning, the the tension and stress of that week had been so great. I'd actually already gotten in touch with my local authority and asked if there was any power they had that could say, we're going to say you must shut. Um, Now, I decided on that day, I actually shut at 9 p.m., Um, Because to me, it wasn't about one last hurrah before we're all locked down. This was, yeah, to me, it really was life or death. So I was in that position where I said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to close at nine. The announcement was made at five. I thought four hours was enough time that friends, regulars, we could all wish each other well Uh, you know say that goodbye and reinforce that we're here if we need if anyone needs anything Um, but it wasn't about having one last party before we locked down so and I I wouldn't criticize anyone that did do that everyone's got different reasons for why they wanted to open these are times that none of us had known but for me the tension of that week was so high that I just Honestly, couldn't wait to just close the doors. Sure, unlike a lot of businesses, though, you now can't trade. Your doors are closed. How are you coping with that? What's the financial situation? Uh, it's very scary. And, and, and again, something I hadn't even mentioned, I actually have 11 non-suite rooms. So the impact of coronavirus on the rooms happened much quicker than the pub. So the pub tra- traded pretty well on the run-up. It was almost like everyone knew pubs would shut, so they wanted as much of their pub as they could get before they were going to be shut. Um, but the rooms were actually very quiet weeks before, so I'd already closed down the B&B part of my business, which is a massive part of the business and a very good GP for the business. 
Um, so the idea of not trading at all is very scary. So despite all the difficult times, how have you been keeping busy and keeping active? It's, it's quite incredible to think that we're not trading, but actually the weeks have really flown by. So it's particularly being in a pub, uh, we're always used to being kind of centre of the community. So it's really focused on what I could do to keep people together and give them some sort of relief. So we've been doing things like online quizzes. We, we run a every Thursday quiz. We're using Zoom for things like karaoke. Uh, my dad goes live on a Friday night because we'd always have live music. So at 72, <laughs> he's still picking up the guitar and uh, and, and getting some him. tunes out on Facebook. Uh, we've just started a takeaway service. Um, that's partly for our own boredom. I'm fortunate that the three of us that have locked down together are all actually cooks. So it, it kind of works out well. <laughs> uh, and then the, the next thing that we're working on and, and planning on launching this week is a click and collect shop so the plan is uh, I have an online platform where I get wholesale products in which should help the supply chain slightly we're then breaking down wholesale products into household size repacking it and sending it out so our customers just come in we put the box out for them they pick it up and they go home in the hope of making it a bit easier for them surviving lockdown well, let's fast forward three months from when we spoke last, Natalie, and now pubs do have a target date to reopen, so we've updated our chat mid-June. What have you had to put in place in order to reopen, and, and when, if you can? We're hoping that we will be able to open on July 4th. All the government um, indications are that that is going to happen. The sort of things we've put in place is we've now got a one-way system, so one way in looking at ways out for the garden to keep everyone socially distanced throughout, as well as obviously distancing the tables. Uh, and we're also remodeling the toilets, so they're one in, one out. And that means we've had a, we've had fairly uh, extensive work on that. So it's things like adding uh, two extra doorways, uh, extending cubicles, so they include the sink, the hand dryer, sensors on taps, sensors on the flushers, so everything's automatic, on automatic soap. Um, and I suppose a big thing that changes the way we serve is an app. So customers will be able to sit from their table and order their rounds. Probably means going cashless as well. Um, so it is fairly expensive when you think about all those, all the details of the customer journey. I tell you what I'm hearing, Natalie. I'm hearing positivity and a real sense of optimism there. I think you're right. There, there is um, some positivity. I, I think we all accept and understand that in order for the pub and uh, anything, you know, it, on mass to work, the customer really needs to feel safe. Yeah. Um, now, a lot of the things that pubs do, you know, we, we operate a five-star kitchen. Uh, in actual fact, a lot of the, the protocol and standards that keep the virus down is exactly what you would do in a kitchen day to day. So I do feel optimistic because I think as a nation, we understand that maybe this is going to be around and we're being told we've got to learn to live with it. And certainly since we spoke last, that's been the realisation, hasn't it? It really has. Uh, for me, I was a bit hesitant thinking, oh, until there's a cure, until there's a vaccine, until there's treatment, I'm quite happy to be in splendid isolation and never open. But the fact is, I think there's a point now where... The, the risk level is lower. We can adapt to make that risk even lower and probably the damage to mental well-being for people being stuck at home. Uh, and as we see, you know, society um, 
you know, certainly fraying, if, you know, if not a bit more than fraying around the edges, it would be nice for everyone to get back and talking to each other. And I think that's really needed. I think the pub is, is hugely missed and hugely needed right now. You know, it's really important to me that when my staff come to work, I can do everything in my power to make sure they're safe. Try and keep team members in the same team. And then it's workstations, so it's very likely we'll only have one person behind the bar preparing drinks, but have servers taking the drinks across. Every day they need to do like a wellness check sheet that says they've not got any symptoms. And then it's nominating one person to go in the cellar rather than everyone in in and out of the cellar. It's saying, right, you're the one, in all honesty, it'll probably be myself or my husband, will be the ones that will go in the cellar to change a barrel, to bring up stock. So you're just keeping those control points down. It's very thorough, but what do you do about deliveries? And then there's the B&B side of your business. We will have an area where we'll leave the delivery for three days before we put it away. Same with the B&B. We'll have bookings that can stay Monday to Friday inclusively, and then we will shut down from 11 a.m. Friday when they check out to 11 a.m. Monday. So it has a full 72 hours so that any risk is gone. Then we tackle the rooms and we let them. So it is adapting and changing business, but... Again, it's proving that we can be open and and do it very safely. Do you know what, Natalie? I really hope that all pubs and all B&Bs are listening to that and are following those same kind of guidelines. Very good luck with the changes. Good luck with reopening. And uh, fingers crossed that business is booming once again. Thank you, Mark. And the same goes to you. Natalie runs the Milford Arms in Isleworth, both the pub and the B&B. And you can find out more about it at themilfordarms.co.uk. Surviving Lockdown. Surviving Lockdown is produced and presented by Mark Rise, a multi-award-winning voiceover artist and TV presenter for more than 30 years. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast or are interested in voiceover for your business video, e-learning or telephone system, simply email voiceover at markrise.com. Surviving Lockdown. <laughs>